Hello and welcome to Gravitas Wins Conversations. I'm your host Joseph Jude. Today I have the privilege of having a seasoned digital commerce architect as a guest. We discuss trends that are shaping up and that are going to come in the digital commerce space. Hope you find this conversation useful. Hi Vikrant, welcome to the conversations. Hey hi Joseph. Thank you for having me here. And yeah, it's, it's, it's great to be part of this podcast. I have been a regular audience and yeah, lovely to be here. Lovely to speak with you and your audience. Vikrant, your story is very inspiring. Can you please share your story of how you moved from running your own Magento agency to Adobe? How did that happen? Yeah. So it's an interesting journey. And since you are in the Tri-City Chandigarh, so yeah, my, my story was from there. Back in the year 2015, I decided to quit my job. I was already working as head of product engineering for a very well-established organization based out of Chandigarh. And uh, yeah, I took a plunge because uh, interestingly, that was my second startup. I already had my first startup back in 2010. We grew up to a team of around 18 people. I had to move out from that in within time span of 16 months and uh, went back into the job life. And then 2015, as you, as you might have heard in all those entrepreneurship quotes that once this bug bites you, <laughs> you can't move out of it, right? So 2015, I started my agency by the name of Envision e-commerce and we grew, we very quickly grew up to a team of around 110 people. We were doing pretty much very well in, in the field of Magento now at e-commerce. We were the third company in India to be Magento partners back then. And we were doing, we were working with some of the enterprises, Fortune 500 and some of the biggest brands of India in terms of e-commerce as well. And yeah, 2018, somehow I started getting the burnout of being, you understand, right? How it works when you are doing everything on your own. And it was also, I would say that I would not say mature, but it was kind of a place wherein I was doing everything myself and did not have that kind of exposure and learning as in how to manage everything. So having felt the burnout, I decided that now it's time to move on. The best part is that the legacy still continues. The company is still running and has a very prominent name in, in the digital e-commerce space globally. And that actually is what you call as legacy. Even if you move out, something is still running. And 2019, when I was working with another very renowned company based out of Chandigarh as VP of e-commerce, Adobe reached out and they said that, hey, we are, we are starting a practice of delivery in Bangalore. Because we, by 2018, Magento was acquired by Adobe and they were starting a delivery practice. So I was like, okay, if I have to work, if I have to be in a job profile, why not work on the mothership itself, right? Because Magento is something that I have always done. I started doing it since its beta version back in 2007. And I would say I have only done Magento. So mm. many people say that you need to learn many technologies, many languages, many things, right? You need to be master of all the trades. I'm like, okay, just do one thing, be the best in that and do that and be known for it. So that's, that's how my journey started. It's very important that you need to have an entrepreneurship mindset, even if you are a developer or a product manager, because then you see what the end result would be. You would not work just to complete the Jira tickets, right? That's something which I hate the most. You not say that, okay, I have done my eight hours of job and now it's my time to move on and someone will see. So, so yeah, it's very important to have that mindset because then only you can deliver what, what actually matters to the business. Very well said. Very well said, Akran. Thank you. Let's move on to the digital commerce space. 
when I was discussing with my son, who is like 10 years old, that I'm going to interview somebody on digital commerce, he asked the question, what's the difference between e-commerce and digital commerce? I said, I'm going to ask my guest, what's the difference between e-commerce and digital commerce? E-commerce earlier was just a website wherein you were selling something. But now if you see with the evolution of the digitization and the technology across the globe, we are seeing personalization at each step. So for mm. example, Vikrant as a customer, if he goes into a retail store, the retail store will know my identity. If I go to my mobile, the same identity stays there. If I go to website, the identity stays there. So I as a customer to a company is a digital asset, which we call in our in our world as a customer data platform. So using CDPs, my identity is stitched and I am considered as a single customer irrespective of whatever digital touch point I am on. If you go back five years, you would see that the loyalty programs of most of the bigger enterprises were also not stitched across different mm. platforms. For example, one of our, one of the Adobe's customer, what, what they are doing is they're one of the biggest retail, let's say lifestyle brand in Australia. And they went into a journey with all, of all this digital transformation using a lot of Adobe products. What they have achieved is that today, if you are browsing their website, they would get to know you, obviously, if you are a logged in user, or let's say if you are using their mobile app. Now, when you are passing by their retail store, you'll get a notification on your app that, hey, there is a 20% discount coupon on product X that you were browsing. Will you want to check into the retail store? Now the retail store guy, once the, you go inside, they will see your customer identity, obviously your email ID, phone number, something will be asked to you. And they'll, they'll get to know that, for example, let's take shoes as an example. They will get to know that, okay, this customer was browsing a black shoe of size eight. Now the, you would not need to go and ask someone that, Hey, can I get a shoe, black shoe size eight? The customer, the executive in the retail store will know that you are looking for size eight shoes. So they'll go and straight away say that, hey, Mr. Joseph, do you want, we know that you're looking at black shoes of size eight. Do you want to see the catalog and see the personalization that you feel? See the, mm. let's say, how do you call it? See the, see the love that you feel from the brand, right? And that is how the complete digital economy gets stretched. The transformation happens. And that is where we start to say it as a digital, let's say, transformation or digital transaction or digital economy or digital commerce. Thanks, Vikrant. So you really stitched that narrative really well that the companies are able to see a 360 view of the customer. In that particular sense, if a company wants to move on to a digital commerce, let's say, for example, they have just an e-commerce platform. Say, for example, they have rolled out a Magento, just e-commerce selling products. They want to move to digital commerce. What are the steps that they should take? I come from a lot of background consulting experience and that is where I, I ask the customer that, okay, let's say you have come up with a story or let's say you have come up with a business plan that you want to grow X, Y, and Z. So mm -hmm. what is your short term, long term and a very long term goal, right? Where do you want to take your business? Now, let's assume a business that has just gone, that has been a historical, let's say retailer store or they were a historical business who were just a motor and brick store, right? They were not on, on the digital transformation journey. Now for them, e-commerce could just be one of their sales channel, right? Mm -hmm. Because in India as well, if you see, there are a lot of these family owned businesses who are now going into digital transformation phase or a digital commerce phase, wherein 
they are trying to bring in a lot of digital assets and monetize it. Earlier for them, e-commerce was just like, okay, 1% or a... I just want people to see in last five to 10 years. And I think COVID has been a blessing for e-commerce industry. I would say this, God forbid, I would not want COVID to come back again, but it has been a blessing because COVID actually pushed everyone to take a, let's say five year, 10 year leap in the business uh, in terms of e-commerce growth, just because they could not do brick and mortar. Right now. In your in the use case that you mentioned, I would actually go back and ask the customer that okay, what is the volume of business that you want to deliver online? Mm. What and I'll 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 start counter questioning the customer that okay, I understand that let's say you want to do five million or ten million on your on your digital commerce. That's that's very good. But have you sorted out your logistic and supply fulfillment? Mm. Have you figured out your manpower? Where will delivery happen from? Where will the fulfillment happen? What would be the reverse logic of, let's say, returns be like? Because most of the time with my experience with many, let's say, SMEs, MSMEs and enterprise and Fortune 500 companies, they want to make 5 million, 10 million, 50 million, 100 million online. But these important components, which are the underlying components behind the final face that you see as a website producing orders, they, they have not even thought about it. Uh, they they don't think how would I integrate my order management system with my e-commerce platform, and that is where most of the business find it challenging because e-commerce in itself is looks simple, but it's it's really complicated. And how we say in Adobe is that not ev not two customers are same. They mm. might be from the same industry, they might be selling same product, they might be making same output in terms of dollar value. But each and every customer, their business logic, their fulfillment logic, overall mm. commerce journey is completely different. So yeah, it requires a lot of answering of basic questions and then trying to stitch all of them together to give the final answer of what the output should look like for a particular brand. Thank you. Thank you, Vikrat. I was reminded of, there's a quote in the military circle Amateurs talk about the bullets and ammunitions, but professionals talk about logistics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because if you have to win a war, yeah. you need to keep the bullets and the toilet papers on the right time, on the right place. Yeah. Otherwise, you lose the war. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. What are the business model innovations that you are seeing in this particular space? Yeah. So... Again, in last, what, almost 16 plus years of experience, I have seen a lot many flavors of e-commerce. Mm. So maybe I'll just start calling them out. So the very first one, very common is one too many, right? So single brand or single company having their own e-commerce presence, maybe mobile. Now mobile is given, right? We have yep. got all those PWAs, progressive web apps and view storefronts. And even in Adobe, we have got the things like AEM and PWA studios using which you can make mobile native or mobile responsive websites. Now let's assume one to many is a model wherein I as a brand want to sell to many people and I just go ahead and have my mobile phone, a mobile app or my website and I sell to many. The second one which we see is a marketplace model wherein let's say the likes of the best example of a marketplace is always we call as Amazon. Earlier it used to be eBay, Flipkart's in India, Lazada in Southeast Asia and then we have got all of those across the globe, right? Wherein it's many to many kind of a model. 
we even in marketplace model there are many sub models wherein let's say i am just getting the commission or i am part of it and it's it's a complete very detailed one selfless shame promotion you can go and uh, see the videos on my youtube channel sorry joseph <laughs> to get more about more details about it right so what we also see is now let's say again as i say covid has brought this up this type of transformation which i'm going to speak next it has pushed it a lot and we are seeing that now a lot which is b2b getting on a e-commerce model Mm. earlier traditionally b2b warehouse or manufacturing warehouse used to have 500 people sitting taking orders signing contracts and doing all of those manual things and all covid came everyone went away so i would not take the name of one of our customer they are they happen to be one of the biggest medical suppliers and they had almost 300 plus people working and covid came and they wanted to have a a, a digital presence website wherein all their vendors can place order directly and it has to follow all those b2b logics now let me tell you b2b commerce is a very complex use case uh, mm-hmm. we might think that b2c is a complex use case of return shipment journeys discounting coupons but b2b is 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 a is a unique story in itself because in a b2b world there is a contract between two companies so there are there are two contract holders right now let's say there is a buyer and then there is a supplier right now in the buyer company there is someone who does the procurement or creates the procurement which we call po someone who approves that po someone then goes ahead and do the financial calculation and goes back within their organ say that no whatever po you have created doesn't meet our financial budgets this year so you need to adjust your po once that is done someone then goes ahead and approves that financial fulfillment then there is fifth layer which goes ahead and does the fin- payment and then the order gets created to the buyer right so all these things earlier was human right um, mm. needed to have someone and all those roles to do it now what we are seeing is and the products like adobe commerce what it helps is that you can do all of these things within the same product and mm. that's where the digital push of b2b businesses have come a lot the the fourth model is b2b2c wherein mm. there is a end producer let's say company x that produces then it has got company wholesalers across all a, all the states so who actually go and buy from the producer and then they have got the end customers who are either buying digitally or i they are buying in the in the shops that you have right so b2b2c is another model that goes and as you go and increasing to right b2b2c or b2b2b the complexity gets complexity. increase <laughs> increases right so yeah that's 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 what keep the e-commerce people alive what you are talked about is the business model changes i am lot more interested in the implementation side of it what are the technological patterns that you are seeing yeah so if i speak about adobe commerce so basically yeah no doubt from saying that magento when it was created was a monolithic uh, mm. product right so earlier almost all the product were monolithic because this this idea of composable or mac has just come in last let's say 3 to 5 years is what i would say now and the reason is that once it's it's a technological curve right things will be created they will evolve once they are created you are just thinking about creation of the thing putting the product into the market seeing the market fit making it popular 
once you have made it popular that is when you start to feel the feel and get all the all, check all the pressure points right and that is where you start to feel that no maybe pressure point x is something that i need to revisit and redo my product and that is the evolution journey and as i always say if you don't evolve you will you will perish like dinosaurs right so yeah whether it is a human whether it is product or whether it is anything evolution is important when adobe acquired magento back in 2018 the first idea was to make it microservices architecture apis has always been there though magento was a monolithic product but it also had a modular structure so mm. let's say it had 20 modules related to promotion payment card checkout catalog xyz everything i as a business was still able to let's say use four of them Uh, or let's mm. say five of them based on my business logic over the period of time when adobe came in and then they saw that okay this this is a good product but we need to make it best and we need to take it enterprise and we need to make sure that what whatever this product produces is useful scalable composable that is where the microservices or api first approach came in place and today what what the product is that we still have those modules we have not moved or removed everything from the adobe commerce but what we have done is we have created different microservices so for example catalog microservice search microservice pricing microservices so you can you as a customer can choose or the si can choose to go ahead and use the microservices make it more compo- composable the 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 product layer is now very very flexible the front end layer is, can be coupled can be decoupled mm. we have got both the options so you have got let's say luma theme which is kind of coupled with the core product offering then you have got pws studio or aem or you can use many other front end technology we don't stop you now to to connect both of them you have got graphql levels in between so you can using using graphql you can do the front end connection in the back end to connect with any third party technology what we have brought up is something called app builder and api mesh in very layman language it's kind of a middleware lightweight middleware which you can use to connect be- between your erps your shipping gateway your wms mm. based on the business logics so based on how the world has evolved adobe has evolved this product one important thing to call out is that there are two products now in the market one is magento open source yeah. which is the open source one which do not have these microservices the other one is adobe commerce now adobe commerce can be on prem or on cloud i being a cloud solution architect will always preach please come on adobe commerce cloud because that's the best place you want to be now in terms of architecture the best part is that and if i deep dive into technology is that this is very flexible architecture you can actually just i am seeing use cases wherein there are banks which are using adobe commerce at the back end and some of the biggest bank just can't take the name but some of the biggest bank of india have got back end adobe commerce who actually fulfill the cart fulfill the marketplace module fulfill the checkout and fulfill the payment so they are just using it for four features mm. now there are there is there are some some of the very big automotive company based out of india let's say taking the bookings allowing the customer to configure their car online so and that too using adobe commerce at the back end so they have got a composable front end solution which is like let's say aem the other one has got mobile app the bank has got mobile app now what they do is that using that they have just so it it is very flexible and each use cases as i mentioned you is very different and that is the real power of adobe commerce right where where you can you can use it 
and i also i still see some of the customer using it in a more of a monolithic way that okay i i don't want to do all of these stories and and it's very important to understand when you want to go move away from monolithic right not every customer should go to composable not every customer should stay on monolithic right the the importance is when should i choose the right architecture because your chances of failure and success rely on that as i usually say that all solutions are contextual yeah you take it out of the context it fails yeah so so you are validating that particular point again as a as somebody who is in the it services field how can it services companies now adobe has taken whatever that the it services guys used to do all of that is moved into cloud and you also offer that kind of services as well so in that particular spectrum of services spectrum of products packaged with services and consulting and so on and so forth how can it services companies stay ahead in this rapidly evolving digital commerce landscape so yeah i would say that in terms of services it's not going to die right even mm-hmm. if you see okay just speaking on behalf of my experience and how adobe commerce works is that we still are just providing the licenses and vanilla magento or let's say vanilla adobe commerce doesn't work for every customer right you have to customize it and that is where the services company play come in there now i remember when i was running my own si i we used to have 8 hours working but i made it a mandate to all my people that you just need to work 7 hours remainder of 1 hour is your own learning time please spend that learning time give me a weekly plan that this is what i am going to learn this week and at the end of the week we will just connect and see what you have learned or not why i brought up the, brought this up is that most of the time and again nothing taking away from all the achievers in the field of it professional world or the one who are working currently what i have felt is that the developers come up with a thing that i'm working 8 hours 9 hours i don't have time to learn new things i'm doing the same thing day in day out company is not giving me time to learn how do i do that how do i do that the reason why i brought it uh, this up is that the world is changing today mm. we have got generative ai just move one year back generative ai ai was not there now all the manual work that you used to do on photoshop or let's say the content writer who used to go and write all those content if they come and say today that i don't have time i can't evolve sorry your job is gone <laughs> it's, it's if not today maybe 6 months down the line it is gone right so it's very important that as a si or let's say as someone who is part of the si or let's say me myself have to evolve mm-hmm. now if if let's say technologically a company is bringing feature x i am solely responsible for the growth and sustainability of myself in this particular world is what Correct. i have always kept as a motto for myself mm-hmm. now as a si i would say it is your responsibility to go ahead and learn all those new tools get on the get onto a bandwagon where whichever band you are playing right doesn't matter but you need to learn those tunes you need to familiarize with those tunes i'll take example of chat gtp right it's there everyone can use it but how how efficiently can you use it do you know the actual do you, have you started learning the prompts that you need to give mm. to chat gtp which will give you the right answer 
because i can say that write me a poem on father's day that that will give me one poem but if you tell chat gtp write me a poem on father day put the emotions of mm. let's say empathy fatherhood family keep the tone positive and inspiring keep the words in 200 or 500 letters end by giving some quotes which are inspiring the result would be very different so this is what i want to i'm trying to say is that technology is evolving right i still remember in my last 16 17 years with magento almost seven or eight times i have heard that magento is going to die <laughs> so far i have heard at least 10 or 12 times because magento the baseline is php php is going to die let's move to java let's move to net let's move to xyz php is there magento is there right shapes are changed but it is there it has evolved and are you evolving as a si as an individual as someone who is doing their job day in day out is the question right now just to end and this question by adding one more thing is that there is lot of work for all the sis and all the sis can coexist because not a single person can fulfill the whole world's requirement right uh, the only important thing is how quickly are you adopting to new things mm. how you quickly are you getting hold of new things are you taking the baggage of your past experience saying that no i have been in it industry for 16 years and i know everything right i have achieved let's say i have delivered a website or a project for fortune 500 customer it was successful now please start praising me like a god doesn't happen we have to work we have to learn we have to produce our best every day every moment and if you don't that's that's where i say that extension starts to begin okay thank you you touched upon chat gpt and generative ai and the prompt example that you gave was fantastic very relevant what's the play of generative ai in digital commerce how can yeah. e-commerce companies and digital commerce companies that have rolled out how can they use generative ai as part of their offering to their customers so i'll give you a very live example without taking names we have a customer who is a global enterprise 26 countries they have their commerce presence the need is i can't have 26 designers in 26 countries create design contents for my website for my marketing for my branding because that's 26 headcounts because all mm -hmm. of those has to be localized then you need managers on top of them i can't have 26 people writing content 26 seo people writing metadata for me so 26 26 26 so i can't have let's say that's like 78 people and let's say i want to run those 78 people i need at least 10 managers so that's like 88 people i can't have those and that is where the generative ai i mean please don't quote me anywhere this is just for the sake of example that is where the generative ai comes into play and adobe has recently launched a firefly right which actually can you can just write prompt quote and it will give you the images now you don't need i we understand the, that the marketing or the content image that firefly creates or the adobe express adobe you can using adobe express you can create brand promotions brand identity a lot of lot of branding stuff could be created using the generative ai content thing you can write a lot of content and it it has already start to evolve and we are already seeing 
a lot of companies which were into like like bus feeds and other which were into content starting to use that to create content rather than the human contents right so this is where the brands can go right evolve you would actually go ahead and use all of these tools and functionalities to speed up your go to market mm. because let's assume a scenario that you wanted let's say a brand x wants to sell a car and the car has to be on a beach right with a fancy looking model standing in front of the car now to do that kind of a promotion you first need to find a fancy looking beach you need to take that car to the beach you need to find that model you need to make her fly to that beach and then the all the logistic and human and the cameras and setup you can get that same picture maybe not the same quant quality maybe 70% of the same quality you just using one minute of a good prompt and then you can spend another 5 to 7 hours on a tool like photoshop to optimize that image and bingo in le- in less than let's say one working day you have a photograph for which you would have spent almost a week with mm-hmm. a lot of human resources involved see the time the money that the brand is going to save with it okay i know there would be job losses <laughs> but but that's that's how technology brings automation and automation helps humans and how and 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 why i say that you need to evolve is that you you have to be on the forefront to understand how this automation how can i learn this automation to be on the forefront right Correct. rather than sitting on the behind and saying that hey the automation impacted me same goes with the digital marketing the content writing right i think with generative ai and it's very important and even over the weekend we had a long weekend and i was spending time going through google's free courses of generative ai though i understand the concept but i was like no i need to learn more what it is what is difference between the earlier machine learning models and what is how is generative ai working so earlier we used to have predictive models now is the generative model right tomorrow who knows what model is going to come so you need to be very on your toes right now coming to the digital commerce my example going back so that company is, has now started using generative ai to create all those marketing contents it is going to be on the marketing side of the thing content side of the thing because on the commerce side of the thing now let me come to the other commerce how how we are using adobe sensei as a to 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 create bring life into the digital commerce so adobe sensei is an underlying ai land technology of adobe which actually what it does is it it is already being used as uh, to produce a personalized live search results for customers so how it works is that let's say if i am on the website and i have been browsing the website in a particular fashion next time when i come on the website my search page would change so it will start to show me the the products which i have been browsing and which i have been more interested into now merchandising is also going ai in our in our side of the product so let's say if you come on a, a category called men's shirt you may end up seeing the different product altogether that i would see when i come on that page similarly if you go on sir, on the search and say black shoes you may end up seeing different products that i am seeing because they are being personalized based on my journey on that particular brand so this is how the generative ai not the generative but the ai would is already being added into the into the product commerce mix. segments yeah thanks sir thanks vikrant as you rightly said we have to evolve yeah. and as as you rightly said 
you know, in the 16, 17 years of experience, we have changed. We have changed a yeah. lot. Yeah. I wrote my first program in Cobol. <laughs> so, so we have to continue. Cobol, but I could not. <laughs> so, so my used to be cold fusion, and yeah, interestingly, VB.net was my very first one. Yeah, and we have to evolve. Only yeah. then we will continue to grow as the technology grows. That's a good way to end. But before we go, I ask three rapid fire questions to all my guests. Okay. So here it goes. What's the kindest thing anyone has done for you? Ah, okay. I think back in the year 2008, I was, I was still writing blogs. So I wrote a blog, which was around the Ram, right? And because there were some political situations going on and then I, I was very active in writing blogs. I have always been doing that. And I posted it on LinkedIn and some other place. And there was this gentleman who I don't know him, but he, he reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, you have written a great blog, but have you thought, where do you see yourself when you are 45, 50 years old? The reason why I say that as one of the most kindest thing is that the gentleman who I did not knew, he took time to make me realize that, okay, it, it was good that I was expressing myself on a political situation and I was trying to, let's say, not bent out, but make a logical reasoning on a top topic, which was not directly impacting my career. That made me realize, am I really focused? <laughs> And I, I still consider that, that one thing as one of the most kindest things someone has done to me and especially being a random person, because that has actually made me be focused towards whatever I do in my career and in my personal life. And it has given me an objectivity in everything I do, though I have not stopped writing blogs. <laughs> Lovely answer. This podcast is all about leadership in that sense. What do you think as the best leadership quality and who has manifested in your life? Yeah. Okay. So I think the leadership quality is that as a leader, we, we need to be a servant leader. I learned it from my very first boss in, I'm lucky to say is that very first boss in my very first IT organization. So, so I, I, by graduation, I'm an electronics communication engineer. My first job was in Airtel moved out from there and then moved into an IT company startup back in 2007 end in Noida. And my very first boss was this person. He was very knowledgeable, had worked in Microsoft, who had coded something in Excel, but whenever he was like, okay, what is your idea on this particular requirement or how do we go about it? He used to hear all of us and then take a decision that, okay, sometime it was like, why did he wasted our time when he was to take his own decision? I think that was my thought process at that time. But today I understand that he, he was actually very genuine leader and he was actually giving, he was trying to understand all the aspect before taking the call. So I think that's, that's my way of leadership and something that I always try to pass on to the people who I work with. Thank you. Thank you, Vikrant. Finally, what is your definition of living a good life? Oh, okay. <laughs> very tough question. Very complicated question because <laughs> I think success is not monetary. Success is not, let's say, being at a particular position. Success is not 40 under 40, 30 under 30 or 50 under 50. 
for me i think my definition of a very good life is having ample financial backup so that i don't have let's say i i i am reaching or nearing or have a financial freedom wherein i have time for myself and my family and i also have some time to devote back to the community in whatever form i can maybe let's say doing some donation in terms of cash kind or time or or even being a good human citizen at the least right so i think that's my definition of a good life wherein you have balance of everything so maybe you have got i think joseph you might be already aware there is something called wheel of life right wherein you can chart that out of the categories let's say career romance social health where you are so i think mm. you need to have a balance whether it is 6 7 8 9 or 5 across all of them it should not be that you are 10 on career and you are one on health so yeah that's that's my my let's say i'll not say that's my idea of good life and something that i try to practice every day fantastic answer vikram thank you thank you for taking your time I know it's a different time zone we are sitting in still yeah. you took the time thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your insights avikrant thank you joseph thank you for having me here and it's wonderful to speak with you and i wish you all the best and i see that you are doing excellently well on your podcast please keep doing it it's really inspiring thank you i hope you enjoyed our conversation can i request you to share the key takeaways from our conversation if you like the conversation please share the podcast with all the others have a life of wins